Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manasero. Dogs, and welcome to Fun Facts Friday. This is our once a week, only on Friday show, where we have special episodes not featuring guests, where I will share tricks, tips, terminology, and techniques that will help skyrocket you to real estate investing success. Today's topic is the business of real estate investing. Hey, I always just like to touch base with you guys and make sure uh, everything's going good, that you are moving forward with your real estate investing dreams here. And I'm just trying to do my best to to give you plenty of fodder here that uh, can help you to be effective real estate investors. So um, let's uh, jump into our topic here. And uh, I'm hoping this is a, you know, we've been doing this uh, 10 series thing. Well, it's the only time we've ever done this, uh, you know, a whole series like this. And it's uh, 10 steps to real estate investing success, trying to highlight the key things you need to do to be an effective real estate investor. So uh, today is the fifth installment of our 10 Steps to Real Estate Investing Success series, and it is entitled The Business of Real Estate Investing. Now, real estate, as you hopefully know, is a business, okay? It's a lot of people don't necessarily relate it to that. And I'm talking about specifically real estate investing, of course, but real estate investing is basically, okay, if you are generating an income and or profit through your real estate activities, you got to think this is a business. Now that income, of course, uh, it will be something that you're going to hopefully benefit from, but it's also something that the IRS and uh, tax entities out there are going to want to uh, tap into too, because that is considered part of your income. So uh, if you don't treat your real estate business, okay, as a business, um, you you know, probably will not only miss out on some great opportunities, but you may face legal issues down the road too. Uh, if you're getting this income in and, and you haven't really treated it as a business as such. In today's podcast, I will discuss what basic foundations you need to implement to not only protect yourself and your assets, but to build up a strong, solid real estate business foundation designed for success. Now, of course, that's what the series is about here. It's about 10 steps to real estate investing success. So that makes sense. So let's kind of look at the various components here. Now, you are, in fact, an investor. Okay, you're in real estate, but you're not necessarily an agent. Some of you may be agents or brokers out there. But, um, you know, you're you're in it for investing. And um, 
If you are an investor, you know, you could, let's take a look at that. The definition of an investor is an individual who commits money to investment purposes, okay, or products, which may include real estate with the expectation of financial gain. Notice by this definition, an investor only commits money. Ask yourself, are you really just a real estate investor? Are you only investing your money in real estate or are you planning on investing much more than money, such as your time, energy, efforts, and relationship resources? If you just want to invest money only, well, that's cool and understandable. You will do well, right? Uh, With yields ranging from 6% to probably upwards of 150%, real estate is a great totally passive investment as well. However, if you are planning on buying a few rental properties, maybe wholesaling, flipping, you're getting more involved than just investing in a real estate entity, then you should really treat it as a business. If you're looking at a, a to say building a significant income, building a portfolio and creating a legacy to eventually hand down to your family, then you definitely need to build the right business foundation. Now, since it is a business, you need to look at it differently. That's why I'm going to talk about setting up a real estate investing business entity for maximum benefit and safety and leverage as well for the long term. So let's kind of just get perspective here. Take a moment to look deeper into what's behind the curtain, as they would say in the land of Oz, right? Even with a single buy and hold investment property, you can clearly see it is a small business. Okay. Consider the facts. Okay. Um, You have purchased a property, which is your asset, right? So you own it. It's your asset. However, a lender holds a mortgage on the property, which you have an obligation to pay. You are selling the use of the property space for a fee called rental income or revenue. You have a client or clients who are called tenants. Okay. You have necessary expenses for the property, including such things as maintenance, advertising, renovations, appliance repairs, property management, etc. You have very real and necessary business operating expenses, such as your phone, vehicle, office supplies, a bookkeeper, accountant, uh, attorney, etc. The IRS wants to know the details, as they always do, of this asset or business. You're required to submit annual year-end information for tax purposes. Your intention of investing in the property is to create financial gain through positive cash flow and equity appreciation. This is called a profit. Okay, so everything you hear about this, and again, I'm using sort of a rental property as an example. There are a lot of different types of real estate investing, as we talked about in earlier episodes of this series. When you expand on this idea by adding more revenue properties or even other real estate investment strategies, it quickly becomes apparent that this is definitely a business. So let's take a look at the basics. Okay, if we're if this is a business, what do you have to do to establish it as such? Right. So uh, the first thing you would need to do is to set up a business entity. While it may be tempting to just give it a whirl as a sole proprietor, you know you can file your taxes jointly or individually or however you file your taxes, and you can list it as an income source. Um, but you may be, you know, 
taking unnecessary risk. If your business gets into any kind of legal hot water, your personal asset could be at risk. In addition, the right entity, whether it be an LLC or a S or a C corporation, for example, um, there are certain tax advantages and asset protection advantages as well. Um, It's also much easier to get things like business credit if you are a separate entity and uh, uh, you know if you're going to look at financing or getting maybe significant funding for your entities i mean for your your properties and so forth now you want to set up an entity that has a separate tax id aside from your personal social security that's another reason why it's better to set up an entity as opposed to just filing with your personal income tax. This will ultimately benefit you in a number of ways. But one key advantage is in helping you by protecting your personal credit score or rating and helping you establish business credit for major property acquisitions. There are also tax benefits that come in the form of, um, for example, all of your business expenses that can be uh, deducted, uh, that can be applied against your business tax ID. Um, As far as what type of entity to establish for your business, I personally recommend setting up an LLC, one because I think it's relatively easy. It also does uh, provide you asset protection. Um, You can even set it up through, for example, LegalZoom.com for as little as it used to be like $149. So um, it's relatively, like I said, easy to set up um, and it will give you that that separate entity status. Um, or you can go all out for a C or an S Corp, which is a little bit more involved, a little more expensive, but there are added benefits there that you don't get with a regular LLC. So either way, I'd, I'd suggest you discuss this with your accountant before deciding. Also, I'd recommend establishing a business entity that does not have your name in it. Now, the idea of that that separate entity for asset protection purposes is that it it's, it's kind of slows down the process. If somebody is on your property, for example, and let's say you only have just a single family home, but somebody slips on the sidewalk or there's a crack in the sidewalk leading up to the house and, and they are, are hurt, um, well, they, they could you know, really go after you if they want to file a lawsuit. If the property is under the name of an entity, again, it just kind of slows that down, that process down, and they may just decide to go with your insurance and and then do a settlement with the insurance and take care of their medical bills or what have you. But when you have asset protection, you can protect not only you know, the, the, your, your personal assets from being attacked. Now you may, uh, somebody could go after you and your car and your house and everything else that uh, is in your name if you don't have that, that kind of uh, protection. So you just, just want to take a, you know, look at that and, um, make sure you kind of understand that, that aspect of it. So you'd want to put the, it under the name of something like C4 properties or, um, whatever it, you could, if it's in, you know, California properties.com or what, you know, whatever you might want to call the, the, the business, but, um, it does, you know, help again, if you don't put your name on there and you, uh, you know, try to, again, uh, slow down that process where lawsuits, you know, flourish, especially in the state of California where I am. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, that's so the first thing is get that entity in place Uh, next you know establish a location now you can work out of your home of course you could do that Um, but if you again if you're if you're looking at it for a long-term type of entity where you're going to grow and maybe grow it into a a a big company that will um, have you know, large properties and, you know, apartment complexes and things like this, um, you might want to establish a, you know, a separate, what maybe like a virtual address. And, um, and I'm not talking about it like a, you know, a UPS store or a mailbox center, that kind of thing. Um, the reason for this is that, you know, banks or other credit granting organizations oftentimes will do a Google search. Um, you know, they'll go to Google maps and look at the map view. If they see there that, uh, you know, it's, uh, mailboxes are us and they'll realize that, you know, it's not necessarily a legitimate address. Now, virtual addresses, um, they give you a little bit more than that. Yeah, they do the same function as a mailbox center, but they also can have other benefits such as if you want to have meetings there, you can rent meeting space and it's a little bit more legit. So, you know, and you can find virtual offices, you know, through just doing a a search online and uh, that'll help you to establish it and they'll collect your you know your your business mail on that kind of thing Um, and you can go they can either mail it to you or you can pick it up however you want to do that it can be a real advantage another thing is to get a separate business phone number now people do this in a number of different ways um you don't want to have to do like an expensive business landline or something of that nature. You can often do that through a service like Google Voice or get a virtual business telephone service um, like companies like GoToPhone.com and 800.com uh, are entities that will give you that, that separate phone number. It will also have uh, it will take messages for you or it could forward it straight through to you um, and, you know, on your your personal cell phone. So there's some some advantages there. Um, Also, if you can get yourself listed in the online yellow pages, that also is another benefit. Again, you know, business creditors, people that are looking to give you maybe a line of business that really helps if you're in real estate. Maybe you need to buy something that isn't a property, but you need to buy something for your property. Having a line of credit can help you. And uh, so, you know, they'll look and they'll check you out. And and if they see that you're listed in the yellow pages and you're, and you're not in a mailboxes are us um, living in that little box there, then they'll be more likely to set up that line of credit. Um, other things that are helpful too, uh, stationery and business cards. You know, I know it sounds kind of hokey but it actually does help you know especially if you're uh, you're dealing with banks and and then you go in there and you hand them a business card if you show them your business plan which in the beginning you might have to to get funded um to do a project maybe it's a you know a major rehab or something that kind of goes beyond the nature of just getting a mortgage um you know you can do this on your letterhead it looks a little more impressive okay and then record keeping is real key for a business entity and one of the greatest benefits of having a real estate investing business are the amazing tax benefits but to realize those benefits you need to keep excellent records and that's keep track of everything and one of the best ways to do that is to set up a a business from day one with a Quicken or QuickBooks accounting system. I think QuickBooks gives you more flexibility as the business grows. Quicken can can do the same basic stuff, but um, I think QuickBooks is is pretty reasonable. And it, it you know it 
doesn't cost that much. You can even go online if you're going to share it with your accountant or other people. So there's some real neat advantages to QuickBooks. Um, if you're not real business uh, or tax savvy, you know, again, I would talk to your real estate CPA or bookkeeper uh, to help you set it up initially. So you, you'd have to create classes and different things for different entities and uh, within your business. And so, um, you know, that's just a good good way to do it um, but some of the things that you need to track and this is not an inclusive list by any means but it, it gives you an idea of you know the things that are there so you're you're looking at income and expenses so your key things right your p l your profit and loss and it's not just rents on the income side of things there are things like late fees or, or return check fees or pet fees um key fees. I mean, there's all kinds of different fees. Um, and then you might have coin operated washer and dryer there. Uh, you might, uh, have extra storage space that you want to rent out and, and they're going to pay separately for that. Um, or extra parking space fees, um, just to name a few. Uh, so the income side, you can, there's quite a few areas you could address there and you want to separate those different uh, types of income too on your um, you know as you present it to your accountant for your taxes each year uh, but then things like mortgage interest depreciation accelerated depreciation um, property taxes both county and city um, then you've got your detailed expenses and and you know, for a property, for example, again, we're talking, you know, more or less on the rental side of things today, but, um, you know, the, the, anything you spend on your property, um, now there are things you spend on the business side of things, and then there are things you spend on the property. You know, the business expenses can include everything from bookkeeping, banking fees, uh, CPA, attorney fees, advertising expense to, you know, to get the word out that you have a, a vacancy, for example, a virtual uh, virtual office expenses we talked about phone stationary things like that um, travel if you are have an out-of-state entity and you have to travel your airfare your uh, rental car your your meals all those things are are, are deductible in, in this context if you're going there to work with your your business which is your uh, rental property and then of course there are the property expenses itself and and those things you maybe more familiar with repairs maintenance lawn care landscaping utilities property management there's a you know a lot of things that are related to actually operating that that property i would recommend too i think this would be really helpful for you as you're, you're putting this all together is to uh, check out a couple of books by michael mccallowitz now he's been a guest on our show um really is just he's just a real real smart guy a businessman great you know history starting you know multiple businesses but uh, a great book profits first um by michael mccallowitz and uh, there'll be a link to it in the show notes but um, he started a revolution in business by setting up businesses that take their profits first and then pay expenses now I don't know if you've ever been in small. I've been a small business person. I have, and, and it, it it's usually where you you know you have your business and you pay all your expenses first, and then whatever is left over goes to the business owner, and sometimes that can be really. I mean, bleak, and you're going, oh my gosh, how am I going to live on this? You know, and he just flips it over, and he does it in a way that really makes sense and still helps you to you know, to meet your expenses, but at the same time, you don't 
you're not always getting the short end of the stick, so to speak. You know, you as the business owner should get the benefit of getting your amount that you need each month and then go into the expense side of it. So it's a really good book um, and it'd be a good one worth reviewing. Um, He also has another really good book called Clockwork that uh, talks to you about managing your time as a a sole owner um, for a business. And so um, two two good books. And uh, you can also look up, he was, uh, like I said, just look up his name, Michael McCallowitz. It's like Michael Michael. O-W-I-C-Z, um, and uh, you could uh, listen to the show that uh, he was on. Um, another area, too, that you have to look at and as far as, again, taking your business seriously is to set up a team. And um, now I know you're probably thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, wait a minute. This is I just got one little rental property. I can barely afford to pay myself anything each month, let alone hire employees. And I'm not talking about employees, at least not yet, not until you at least reach your, your seven figure income. But, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about those people that are going to help. They're, they're your partners and they're your team, but they're outside people that um, you, you know, regulate how you pay them. But uh, I'm talking about, you know, attorneys, uh, accountants, um, you know, people on the out, maybe it's a business consultant. Um, uh, you know, you may hire, you know, virtual assistants here and there, but these are not people that you're committed to payroll. These are people that are just part of your team that uh, have the same goals as you do to to grow this business and make it successful. You know, I, in fact, next week we're going to talk more about the team aspect. I, I, I want to spend enough time on that so you understand, you know, what who would be a part of that team. But we'll do that next week. Anyway, it, this is basically giving you an overview of the things that you should consider if you're really going to go into business as a real estate investor. You know, the sooner you start treating everything you do as a business, the sooner you will be successful. There is a fine line that separates successful businesses from those who languish in mediocrity. I mean, if you look at the, the statistics, okay, for businesses that start out and how long they actually last, you'll see a very small percentage actually continue year after year after year. Many small businesses don't survive the first year or two. And, you know, real estate is a little bit different. You know, if you get, you buy a rental property, it's going to go on for a while and the income is going to you know, continue to be generated if you're doing it right. Okay. So, but real estate investing business is no different than, than others. You, you, don't want to treat it like anything other than a business. You will not be maximizing your profits and can quickly run into trouble. Being an investor means more than finding good properties and doing good work. If you treat your real estate business like the business it deserves to be, you will gain access to more opportunities than you could ever imagine. So, Keep that in mind. It's a serious thing. You want to do it right, right? You want to. You're putting a lot of money into this, especially if you're buying properties here. You're going to be putting up some significant cash. You want to do it right, and you want to do it for maximum return. Well, that's it for now. Please note, old dog listeners, everything presented here today including some links, and I'll have significant links in here too, as well as we've had during the whole series here. There's a lot of links that will be helpful for you. They can be accessed in our detailed show notes on the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. 
and you're going to look for the episode entitled The Business of Real Estate Investing. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.